This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm currently in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. I can't find the actual top of the show notes, Glenn. For October 20th, episode 2792. <laughs> I found it. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, it's Sorry, that time. My computer died, and I had to get a new computer, and the monitor's super huge, and like I don't, I get lost in here. It's very <laughs> First, there's a first world problem for you. Right? Like my computer is so big. (laughs) (laughs) So it is that time of the year. It is that time of the year because it is Halloween. And I know that's a lot of people's favorite holiday. And as longtime listeners know, it's my least favorite holiday. However, we love Halloween in this house. (laughs) However, I play along because of all of you weird people. And we are now doing the fifth annual Horse Nation Halloween short story contest. This is the fifth year for this, believe it or not. So what you have to do is head on over to horsenation.com. I will put the link in the show notes so you don't even have to go look for it. It's right in your show notes right there. And what we want you to do is write a short story. Now, this can be a short story that you make up, a spooky story. It can be a funny, spooky story. It can be a spooky, spooky story. It can be a true story of something that happened to you you at your barn in the woods you know whatever as long as it's halloween related and kind of like that uh we ask you to send them in uh to write these out they they're limited to about 2500 words because to be honest uh, none of us want to read anything longer than that and then we they'll what's going to happen is horse nation will pick five or six that will be quote unquote winners and they will post them on horsenation.com starting on the 27th through the 31st we also get to read a couple of them on the air we've done this I think every year. So on the 29th, next Friday, right before Halloween, we will read the top two winning stories here on Horses in the Morning. So there's not a lot of prizes here. This is just for glory. Uh, head on over to You'll Horse. You'll be published. You'll be published and, and we'll read, read maybe, your story by Jamie Jennings show. herself because they won't let mm. me read stories. So <laughs> no, he I add the sound that. effects, though, so that's good. But yeah, so that'll be uh, coming up. It's the fifth annual Horse Nation Halloween Short Story Contest. And we're excited to be part of that, even though you people are weird and actually like Halloween. <laughs> I love Halloween. I'm so excited. It's post birthday. I like we ramp up for Halloween. We're carving pumpkins today. We're doing all the things. Now you had a birthday yesterday, so I have to ask you real quick before we go on with the show. You were on Monday's show. You indicated that you had a surprise coming. Are we allowed to mention what that was from Chad? Yeah, Chad, can you hear me? Oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, oh, damn it. He just said yes. Sorry. Dang it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about this. Okay. So um, we got in the car yeah. and we picked up Lucas from school and he's like, I'm going to take you somewhere. I need you to have the that girl sound effect ready. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
but it's not for me. Oh, it's for Chad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need that guy's sound effect. So he puts me in the car, doesn't tell me where we're going. We pick up Lucas from school and we drive north up to the city. And uh, he pulls out. When we built this house, because we built this house from nothing, I'm like, this is the perfect spot for a hot tub right here, right? So uh, I, I, I've been planning someday we would get a hot tub out there. So he drove me to a hot tub store. It was so, I'm like, oh my God, we're getting a hot tub. Because I, I want to put it outside. We don't have a pool. You know, we had a pool in Arizona. I just wanted to swim around and look at the stars, maybe sit there in the snow. I don't know. But I want to like have a moment. That's the best tub. time for a hot tub outside. Right? And yeah. it's like we, we designed it. We put the plug right, right outside our door. So we built the house around having a hot tub in this one particular spot. So he pulls up and it's a hot tub store. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. It's a hot tub store. Yay! And we go in and uh, do you know how much hot tubs cost? Yeah, they ain't cheap anymore. <laughs> They're also sold out. Do they even have any in stock? Well, one was six months and one brand was um, available. But oh my God, like it was three times as expensive as <laughs> Prices went up on hot tubs, huh? <laughs> yes. What is happening in this like COVID crisis climate we're in? Like everything is crazy expensive, and the hot tub was insane. Like, thank you. I'm like, this is really beautiful. How much is that one? They're like, oh, that's only twenty two thousand dollars. I'm like, what? Really? They used to be like six. Yeah. For the no, good one. <laughs> the crap ones. Not crap. I mean, they're still nice. This was like a nice store and there's a good warranty. And that's kind of what you want is like, oh, good. Like a reputable place with the warranty. You don't want to buy it on Craigslist. But like you can't afford the cheapest one in the store. And it was tiny, like a little two-person hot tub. And I was like, how much is this one? And they're like, oh, that's only $7,000. It's like, what? Babe, get a, get. here's what we're going to do. We're going to head out to the to the to the tractor supply and we're gonna go in and we're gonna get a horse water trough we're gonna go out and we're gonna light a fire under it <laughs> well you could put one of those little heaters in it you know you don't want to touch it but yeah uh, we yeah. could have like a one of those like, ice heater you know things that you plug in and then okay. what you got to do is you got to get a speedboat motor and put on the end break that puppy up we'll be fine all right, I'm going to give him this just for, for not planning ahead and even looking at the prices. Was he planning on buying one for $22,000? Yes. No, no. I think, I think we were both thinking about three. I no, remember them being three. six. If you got one that was like made for four or five people and it was oh. a half-decent one, it was like six or seven. He just said five. I was going to go five. And, to, and then that was to be like yeah. Ten nice years ago, you could have. <laughs> well, two years ago, you probably could have. That's true. That's true. But no, the the and then the that tiny one that was seven thousand. Then there was like the next one step up, which is like oh, a good four person. I was like, how much is this one? They're like that's seventy eight hundred. Like, oh so how much was the water trough? Uh, we, yeah, we got to go to tractor supply later, uh, to get the water <laughs> trough. Yeah. So bless his heart. He takes me all the way to the store. He walks out. He's like, I'm so sorry. I thought that was going to be your birthday gift. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out, I'm like, I'm not letting you pay $7,000 to $8,000 for a hot tub. That's stupid. Plus, I still need an indoor arena. So. <laughs> there's the real truth right yeah, there. There's, yeah, yeah. there's always real truth with you somewhere in the picture. Isn't it? Exactly. But I am super. <laughs>
I know you. We have a couple auditor birthdays today. Janelle Rhodes, Kathleen O'Grady, and Diana Stuckey. Happy birthday to all of you. And a belated happy birthday to you, too. So, Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, I got to give him some credit because I, I wasn't going to give him a daily winnie, but I'll have to give it to Chad since he's downstairs and he can hear me right now. And he's probably irritated <laughs> to that I just told that whole story on the air. Um, but I would like to give him also last night before bed, I was kind of like, you know, okay, that's a great day. Thank you. And then he's like, check your email. And so I checked my email and I am going, let's see, on Saturday, December 4th to Durant, Oklahoma. Do you know where that is? Uh, in in Oklahoma? Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's all I got. But it's a couple <laughs> hours away. And uh, I am going to see Tim McGraw in Durant, Oklahoma. Woohoo! Oh, like, baby, go. we going to have to get a hotel in Durant. That's going to be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, so anyway, but my, uh, my daily witty also goes out to, oh my gosh, Glenn, first of all, thank you for posting such nice stuff yesterday. I've had a hard couple of weeks and we'll talk about some more. Of well, that once a year, show. I have to say something nice about you. It's yeah, kind right? of required, I think. Uh, but you were very sweet to post that. And like I said, in the post show, I'll give you guys some more updates on, on the, the hard, and it was a hard day yesterday too. Like it was a kind of a pain. Um, so anyway, everybody giving me those birthday wishes. Are oh, you all so sweet? I love you all so much. You seriously like it happened on the perfect day. So thank you very much. Very good. Well, we're going to actually go to our first guest coming up here. And we forgot to even say what was coming up on today's show. So maybe oh, yeah. I should we do got that. <laughs> we have Fury uh, in the Purina Equine Senior Health segment. Steve Krause joins us to talk about winter hoof care and whether you should have shoes or not have shoes and that kind of thing. He's kind of our favorite farrier. So winter's coming. Uh, some places have gotten winter snow is already. Coming, people. Winter is coming. <laughs> now it's still 85 degrees here in Florida, but uh, some of you're going to have winter. Uh, and also coming up right now, we have an old friend of the show, and we're going to talk about something amazing that she has done. Tammy Serrance is going to be here. Of course, a lot of you old-timers of the Horse Radio Network remember her as host of the Western Radio Show. And we have a crappy list coming up, teenage social media drama, some weird news. We have all kinds of stuff. And then apparently in the post-show... Jamie's going to share her drama with us, which I don't even know about. So that's coming up today. Now, let's go right to our first guest. I'm going to say this one. She isn't here. Uh, Tammy's, we've known Tammy since 2008, since we started the Horse Radio Network. Tammy Sarantz. She's a mounted shooter. She's been on the show many, many times talking about mounted shooting. She ha is probably one of the most decorated mounted shooters in the world. She has like 200 belt buckles. It's craziness. Um, <clears throat> how many do we have, Jamie, between us? One? You want? Um, let's see. I bought one at Monty's. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of those too. And uh, then, so. Yeah, I won one. <laughs> yeah, I have one none. So there you go. But so between the two of us, we have one, one. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy was in an accident and we had her we've had her on over the years talking about this and, and I'm sure that Jamie you remember this quite well. She was in a bad car accident in 2012 and it was bad. Um she had a head injury that was really bad. Uh and she'd been went to doctors for years about it. She couldn't talk straight, she couldn't even think straight. And I mean, when I was having a bad Lyme day and the two of us would talk, the, I, Lord knows what we were talking about because neither one of us were making any sense. So 
she persevered, though, and one of her goals was to get through college. And then when she got through college, I told her, ever since I've known her, she's been in college. Uh, and she's not, you know, she's not college age. You know, she, she's a little bit older. So this is harder when you're a little bit older. And she decided after college to go for her master's degree. And we're going to find out how that went when we get Tammy on right now. Well, hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for joining us on this very exciting day for you. It is, Glenn. It is, for a lot of reasons. And I haven't even told Jamie or the audience about the one reason. What I told them is that you went to college, you've been in school ever since I've known you, and then you decided to do a master's for some dumb reason. Um, And this was all after having, you know, the serious accident, brain injuries, and all that stuff, and uh, really having to fight through and working super hard while having a job and all of that. But you just finished your master's degree, master's of science degree. Tell everybody what your grade point average was. (laughs) You know, we all know how competitive I am, Glenn. It doesn't matter (laughs) if we're on a horse or we're in the classroom. I am not afraid to, uh, you know, be the teacher's pet, if you want to say it. I am, yeah, 4.0. I worked really hard for that. Yay for you! Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't mean to be whatever, but like you are incredibly good with firearms. Did that play a part in your grade? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Actually, I had to put the guns down for a little bit. <laughs> we are so proud of you. Yay. You know, I've got to say, I don't know when you said that to me, Glenn, but you were one of the first people I messaged when I finished because all I remember you telling me one day is, you are always in school ever since I've known you. And not to say it really bugged me, I think it stuck with me. And I was like, you know who I'm going to tell? I'm no longer in school. Oh, please. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, to bug people. That's apparently what I do. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's like a, like a tick. You, get, you just can't stop scratching. Yeah. Awful. Yes, so, and I'm like, damn it, I'm going to tell him I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so what exactly you go, did Glenn. you get your master's in? You know, it's it's really interesting. When Road to the Horse changed hands from um, a private entity to Morris Media, uh, it came with a change of leadership. And what was really intriguing to me was how the culture of a corporation can change just through leadership and and the general culture of the brand. That was really interesting to me. Very, very interesting. And I thought, wow, how can I learn to better lead people? And how can I learn to inspire people and really get the best work out of people and be more effective? So that's what I went to study. I studied organizational leadership and marketing and kind of really learned how to manage people better. And it it impacted me right into my personal life. I mean, it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Well, look, I I set the perfect example for you. I pissed you off, and look at how you succeeded with a 4.0. If I hadn't pissed you off all those years ago, you'd have never done this. Don't give you know one thing that bugged me the whole time, like uh, was 
The fact that I would, I rode training horses to pay for school. That's how I refused to graduate in debt. And I rode all training horses all year. And I would show up at these horse shows and people weren't scared of me anymore because I was literally just added money. I'm like, I didn't bother anybody. They were like, oh yeah, she's here. It wasn't like, oh my God, she's here, you know? <laughs> and that really bugged me. <laughs> Watch out, Mountain Shooting World. She's coming back with a vengeance now that she's done with school. I'd- Yes, to put my good horses in the barn and say, I'm going to get to you guys later. I've got to go show a few training horses and lope through, you know. It's really, you know, I'm ready to knock the dust off the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) As you can tell, Tammy is not competitive at all. Nothing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, joy in the journey, Glenn. It's all about the joy in the journey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what Jamie might not know, too, although she might, she follows you, is you've also taken up running during all of this and done, what, marathons and stuff? I did. I did. I have done, uh, and I'm just getting ready for Fort Worth uh, Marathon. Granted, it's just a half marathon. Oh, that's plan. All, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. have the time to train to do the full one, but, you know, I, I'm not a runner. Just like I'm not really a student, but I will outlast everybody. I will finish. <laughs> I will get the medal. And it comes back to, like, how gritty are you, you know? And and we all doubt ourselves, but this is about passion, and it's about perseverance, and it's about chasing a goal. And even if you're not a runner or don't think you're smart enough for a master's or don't think you can take that blue ribbon at the horse show, you, you can't. You can, and don't think talent has anything to do with it. <laughs> Tammy, I, I, I love that you're being so inspirational, and like, it's just amazing what you can achieve. I, I felt the same way when I became a certified instructor at 40. You know, like, you're first of all, yep, do whatever yep. you want. Your life is not over at a certain age, but I want to get to the running yep. portion of it because to me, <laughs> Like when you decided to start running one day, you're like, I'm going to start running. I'm going to put on my running shoes and I'm going to go. What was chasing you? Because that is the only reason to run is if something's chasing you. There was a taco at the end. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know what it was? What happened was when I had my car accident in 2012 and my TBI, I was really thinking about doing the Cowtown Marathon. I It was just a thought. And I thought to myself when I got kind of rehabbed and well, one of my horse riding students was doing the Cowtown and she's like, I'm going to start training for Cowtown. And, you know, I was like, wow, if she can do it, then why don't I go and it was like circling back and doing something that was undone, done. That was the only reason I ran, not because I'm a runner, not because I want I granted, I want to lose weight. Everyone does, but I wanted to do it because it was something I started and I never finished. And those things just great me. So I went back to do that and I done well. And then I got competitive. Oh, if I can run this minute miles, maybe I can get faster. And so it's, it's the curse of competitiveness, Jenny. It's just sucks you in. <laughs> so okay, I do well, have a series. The apocalypse, nothing like that. <laughs> it was not some dude with was... like a bigger gun. It was just the, the literal fact <laughs> that you it... like cannot be second in anything. Okay, got it. <laughs> so let Correct. me ask this, Tammy. Let me ask you because uh, 
serious question. There are people like you who take on these huge challenges, and when it's when it's the toughest, they keep going. What's the secret to that part? Because we all have those days where it's just tough, and and you know, I I think it's partly because. Yeah, I think it's partly because some people are more goal-driven than others. I do think that's true. But is some of this just you're born with that drive, or can you learn that drive? That That is a phenomenal question, Glenn. And I am actually reading a book that is focused on that one point called grit. And the book, like just what I do when I finish college, <laughs> my professor recommended it because she found me so gritty. My last professor, she told me that I would enjoy this book. And it asked the same question is what drives somebody? And it is not natural talent. And it, it is perseverance and passion. But I have to say one of the things that has driven me is the fact that I don't have a choice. Like if I don't work, and I don't provide for my horses like that, my family, then it doesn't get done. I don't have someone's couch to go to sit on. I don't have, so I'm strong because I have to be strong. And I could be less of a person and have lesser goals and still get by, but it, it's, a, it's a mystery of what gives somebody grit. Is it the challenges they've been through? And sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, wow, like, Whoever's up there must think you can handle a lot of stuff. You're really unlucky. And then I look back and think, wow, you're really lucky. You know, so I go back back and forth about not being enough and being proud of what I've done. And one of my students, horse riding students, came to me and he just said it so authentically. And he said, Tammy, you are enough. And that was like, that really hit me. Like, don't chase things because you're trying to prove it to everybody else. Chase things because you have the pure passion and the perseverance and you're goal-driven. So I think it's important to chase things for the right reasons and not just chase them for the, to lift up to everyone else's approval. And I think all those things are a big mix, if that kind of answers your question. Oh, that's brilliant. That. That's that brilliant. Beautiful. Yeah, that that's brilliant. So let's tell everybody the other big news. Jamie doesn't know this either. There's more? Yes, there's What on earth? <laughs> I know. I need like an adult of the week award, like the <laughs> adulting award of the week. Well, tell everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I I purchased my first American home. Today is closing day, and I I get to close on it today and uh, it's going to be, I think I'm just going to go out and hug a tree or something, Glenn. <laughs> well, what'd you get? I'm not quite sure, but I, I told myself when I graduate, I would find something to buy. And the universe works in funny ways, but it just works out that I ended up with a ranch that I really wanted. And uh, I close on that today. So now I'm educated and broke. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Is it in Norman, Oklahoma? Because that would be cool. It's in Weatherford. It's in Weatherford, Texas. Oh, that's not so that far. I've got some work to do on it. But uh, enough room to, you know, be by myself and have room for my horses. And it's a big, it's a big thing for me. I don't think it's really hit me yet. 
Um, it will after you have to sign those 5,000 papers and write that check. It's going to hit you. It did hit me a little bit when I had to run the homeowner's insurance on my credit card. It's like paying for something that you can't play with yet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me ask you about this ranch. Is it big enough that when you go out there and do your mounted shooting, you're not going to piss off all the neighbors? You know, I hope so, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. I hope so. Well, congratulations, Tammy. Good morning, neighbors. (laughs) On everything. We are so proud of you. You know, uh, we've known each other for so long, and we've been through some ups and downs together, you and I. But I'm so proud of you. I can't tell you how proud of you I am. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. It's been, you know... It's been, looking back, if someone had told me when I was crying after my TBI and I couldn't hardly walk and I didn't know where anything was and I couldn't leave the house, like, if I was here, it would have been hard to believe. And all I think I want people to know is it is not natural talent. It's not intelligence. It's grit and it's perseverance. You have to outlast everyone and you have to do it a step at a time. Don't lose focus. When, I, when the finish line in a marathon seems too far away from me and I don't think I can make it, I look at the next line in the pavement. So if I get to the next line and the next line and the next line on my path, I'm going to make it to the finish line. And that's how you have to look at everything else. Like you're going to make the next step and don't get discouraged by a finish line that's too far away. Well, she was absolutely terrific today. I love Tammy. And, you know, she's been on this show a lot, but today she was just brilliant and excited. And what, what a neat time in her life. She's going to, she's going to, she's been on this journey for so long. I wonder if she's going to be like people who do things that take a long time and they get done and they go, oh, it's all over. Now what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, she's finally done. Like, well, crap, I guess I'll get a second master's. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, our sponsor today, of course, is Stateline Tack. Stateline wanted me to let you know that Stateline Tack is set up at the All-American Quarter Horse Congress for the rest of this week. It's Actually, this is the last week of that. It's been going on for a long time. They're in booth 1300. They're there through October 24th. They have a full line of stable and grooming supplies as well as apparel there. But... That's ending, but their next stop is Equine Affair in West Springfield, Massachusetts. And I think that there's some auditor meetup there. They were talking about getting together. That's November 11th. I would 11th. do some damage in a state line oh. tag booth at a horse show. Oh, you my God. You would do some damage at Equine Affair. If you've never been to Massachusetts, that's like shopping Mecca. That's There's <laughs> nothing like it in this country. Uh, November 11th through the 14th, they'll be there and set up. Also, they have some amazing sales going on this week. You can save up to 60% on collegiate girths, Amigo sheets, and turnout blankets at 40% off. The Oak Winter Riding Tights are on sale right now for a limited time only for $49.99. They also have a spectacular giveaway going on right now with some fantastic prizes. There's like $2,000 in prizes. All you can do is go there and sign up. You don't do anything except Did sign up. Did you say spectacular? Spectacular. That's correct. They made you say that, didn't they? Yes, they did. And that's what it's <laughs> called. <laughs> uh, over $2,000 in prizes from Wintech, Charles Owen, Ariat, and Oak. You must be over 18 to win, and they're drawing the winner on October 31st. Visit statelinetech.com today to find out about the drawing, all the sales, and everything else going on over there. We thank them for their continued support of Horses in the Morning. 
The health segment today is brought to you by Purina Equine Senior. And today we have uh, a guest back with us. It's Steve Krause, head of Farrier Services over at uh, Cornell University. We had him on actually talking about this a little bit ago, but Jennifer wanted us to replay it today. Uh, and what it's talking about is winter hoof care and whether you're to shoe or not to shoe over the winter. And I remember this conversation was a terrific conversation and it's timely because it's getting chilly. So here is Steve Krause. We have Steve Krause, the head of Farrier Services at Cornell University, and Steve has been on our show a ton, and he has a wealth of knowledge about the hoof, so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the myths surrounding hoof care, and and I think if we're going to... Do you need a sec? Yeah, I'm good. Get in your car, close the door, turn the heat on. It's cold outside, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> I, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I think one of the biggest questions that people have as far as uh, coming into the winter season is, should you pull your horse's shoes in the winter because they have better traction in the snow uh, and ice barefoot versus wearing a shoe? Um, and, and what is your, as somebody who really hasn't ever lived in a snowy area, but I'm in a place now where there is going to be snow, I would love to know the answer to this question. Well, this is a common question. And, and this is a kind of, has a kind of a multiple answer here. So in, where we live in upstate New York, it does snow but it doesn't snow all the time. It used to snow all the time. And I think maybe, you know, climate varies back and forth. Sometimes we have snowy, icy winters and other times we have very open, but cold winters. So what happens in um, like November, people ask me if I'm the weatherman. Is it gonna, <laughs> when is it going to snow? Because they are thinking of putting traction on and anti-snowball pads and so on. And, you know, do you think it's going to snow soon or you think it's, you know, what kind of winter? So I'm like, I'm a horseshoer. I'm not the weatherman. Um, so so I'm, I'm like in the end of November, I'm not going to see you till January. And we do get a lot of snow anytime after Thanksgiving. And that's what we did this year. And but who knows what it's going to do. So if you're going to prepare for winter, now's the time to start doing it in the snowy climates. So that that's the beginning of this. So, again, climate and moisture and how much snow really affects what we really need. Uh, first, I want to say is if, if the horses are on a constant snowpack and are not being used for anything, uh, you know, not doing any kind of real work, the, the feet hold up the best on a nice constant snowpack. Well, we always don't get that. But if we have the freeze-thaw cycle, if we have a lot of ice, um, a, a steel shoe without any other traction device is slippery on ice and can be slippery on snow. So yes, a horse without shoes is probably safer um, than a horse with steel shoes without any traction. But however, on ice and, and hard packed snow and crossing roads, if you're trail riding, some type of traction is definitely more safe and, and useful to using the horse if, um, uh, if you apply it properly. Mm -hmm. And then if you're going to shoe the horse then, and it's snowy, then you also need some type of uh, pad uh, to reduce the snow buildup. Because what happens is we call it snowballing. We have um, the 
slight warmth that radiates from the horse's foot um, melts a little bit of snow and then freezes it to the steel, and then it cakes up into what we call a snowball. So uh, some type of pad, uh, like a polyurethane flat pad or a bubble pad, which is called a, a, a snowball pad, um, stops that from happening. But what I like the best for this is um, what's called a no-snow rim pad, which is a rim pad that goes on with this uh, rubber tube or polyurethane tube that goes around the inside rim. And that insulates the hoof from the uh, uh, the, the, the snow and, and doesn't let the melt, plus it's flexible. And if you have a freeze-thaw winter and you don't have this muddy, snowy, slushy soup migrating underneath the flat pad, so it keeps the foot open um, when there's no snow and you don't get a buildup of, of, of things that rot the foot away. And then when there is snow, it keeps the snow from building up. And so pads and studs are quite a um, uh, big item in the Northeast this time of year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, man, I'm glad I don't have to deal with all that. I'm down in Oklahoma, so we will get some snow and then it'll melt and then we'll get some slush and some mud. So yeah, interesting to think about and, and to think about you would see somebody in November, but really not see them again until February. And that's leads me to another question that people have is do the horses, the, the hoof growth, does it slow down in the winter? Yeah. Uh, from what I have seen, and my observation is mostly in the Northeast, um, as we start to lose daylight, and that you know starts happening in June, uh, the end of you know summer solstice, you know the feet react and start slowing down by the end of the summer into fall, and as we get into this time of year, um, again the horses you know hormones react to the length of day. So feet are slowing down in December and January, and there's a month or so lag behind the actual, you know, uh, you know, the solstice. And then I've noticed with horses, especially horses that are inside, and we have a lot of indoor arenas around here, they're turned out a little bit, but they're not grazing any, or there's nothing to eat, you know, growing yet. The feet really start speeding up uh, in growth at the end of March and April, and they'll grow probably twice as much in, in, in April and May than they've had in the three previous months. Interesting. So, Interesting. Uh, especially thoroughbred horses who need more energy to stay warm and, you know, they're putting it into their coats and so on. So my observation over like the last 50 years around here has been this slowing of growth on not all horses, but most of them uh, that I've worked on. Uh, during the winter months and then speeding up in spring and then slowing down by the end of the summer into fall. So with some horses, you would go to redo them on a six-week schedule and you would get there and you would look like nothing has grown. Mm. It's not worth redoing them. It's not worth trimming them. So that, you know, it kind of varies to the individual horse too, but also um, it's the... uh, um, the climate is going to have an influence too. I know yeah. if the down in Wellington and South Florida and Ocala, uh, the feet are probably growing a bit quicker down here. They have more warmth. They're probably um, uh, on it uh, more moisture. So that's going to influence uh, more hoof growth too. That was I was going to ask you that because we live in Florida, and I was wondering, does it do the same thing for the horses that live here full time? You know, all year. 
I, I think, you know, in, in the more, uh, you know, in the Northeast and, and, and throughout the, you know, upper Midwest and so on, you do have, you know, a change of seasons that's very noticeable. And uh, whereas in Florida, especially, you have, you know, more constant moisture conditions and, and so on. And that, you know, I don't think the horses are going to respond uh, to that length of day change as much. And plus, they're probably being exercised more down there, too. You know, there's more activity in, in Florida over the winter. So mm-hmm. exercise, uh, nutrition, uh, all that stuff uh, combines with, with the, you know, the length of day also. There are, so a lot of factors are not just one thing. But we noticed in the Northeast the slowing of the growth uh, during, during the winter. Is there a benefit to hot chewing versus cold chewing, especially in the winter? Well, the, the main benefit, well, well, lots of good benefits to hot chewing. What I like about hot chewing dur- during the winter, it keeps my hands warm. Um, <laughs> and, That's funny. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we could go out on some of these days and, you know, uh, a lot of us keep pretty busy chewing all kinds of horses during the winter. And, um, having that forge going, uh, it's a nice heat source. You can warm your tools up a little bit. Um, and, and it, 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 if you pound on cold metal during this kind of cold weather, it, it's very, it's the metal is even actually a little bit, um, harder to work when you get into the twenties and, and less if, you know, if you're going to be out there. So hot chewing is a benefit to shaping the shoes itself. Um, especially as you get out of the light shoes, and get into, you know, standard and wide web rim shoes, they're not going to shape very well cold um, and easily, especially in the cold weather. So, um, you know, you need the forge to shape them properly and to do any modifications. So that's hot shaping. Hot fitting is taking that shoe while it's warm and checking the fit, burning a clip in. And the benefits of, of hot fitting is you can do your final uh, uh, flattening of, of the foot if you have a perfectly flat shoe and have a little bit of an imperfection in the sole, uh, in the wall surface. You can actually singe that and, and burn a little bit away or leave a mark for you to rasp. Um, uh, but it, again, in climate, has a huge um, uh, influence on uh, the benefits of hot fitting. So again, down in South Florida, where you're very moist, you not only have, in some cases, excessive moisture, but you also have lots of fungi and bacteria that like to eat away at the hoof. So when you hot fit, you are killing that bacteria, number one. You are also sealing off the bottom of the foot because the horn tubules are like little straws. And if you notice, if you trim a horse's foot and they're standing on a flat surface and the horse picks his foot up after a minute, there's an imprint of moisture where the foot was. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. see all this moisture is, is coming in, running out of the foot or, 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 you know, a ability to move too much. So what the guys who shoe regularly down in South Florida will do, they will hot fit for the reason of sealing those, those horn tubules off, which tightens up the foot, makes it a little bit stronger. And it also kills all the fungi and bacteria that are trying to invade. So the problem you run into, and these guys down there are so smart, they figured out how to get around this. Um, if you are shoeing a lot of performance horses with aluminum shoes, the aluminum cannot get hot enough to do a good hot fit. So they 
those guys down there in Wellington invented what they call the hot plate. And so they put a, a hoof-shaped piece of uh, steel plate in the forge to heat that up. And they have a little notch they can fit their tongs into. And they actually hot fit a plate onto the foot before they nail their aluminum shoe on to kind of reproduce that hot fitting a steel shoe would do. Isn't that ingenious? That's really smart. They, they made it work for them. Well, one more question. Steve. Right. We're running and out of, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, again, you know, they're just solving a problem and they find the feet hold up better. That's fantastic. Very cool. Um, before we let you go, one more question, because uh, I know I, I deal with a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds, and I know a lot of our listeners do too. And it's a, a question about horses that have really low heels. Some people think that they might have been trimmed too short. Is that the case, or is it confirmation, and can it be fixed? It's more of a confirmation problem. Um, uh, a lot of thoroughbreds off the track have developed in front what's called a, a flat or negative uh, palmer angle. And behind, we call that a plantar angle. And that's the angle of the bottom of the coffin bone with the ground. And that is a bit of a confirmation problem. Uh, uh, so the horse is actually, uh, instead of having a positive of four to six degree um, coffin bone angle with the ground, it's either flat or negative. And that compresses the digital cushion and makes for what we call the low-heeled horse. And so there's, and the thing you do not want to do without looking at the horse is just wedge it up because the horse is already hitting his heels too hard. You, sometimes you just got to bring the support further back or, or do some frog pressure to help the, the bony column because the horse is actually sinking backwards in his hoof capsule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, people always want to put it, you should put a wedge on that. But to me, that first of all, you put the wedge in it and they're hitting that heel more. And I feel like sometimes if you wedge it up, the fetlock drops even more, putting more. Correct. Exactly. That's the biomechanics. You got that 100% right. And a lot well, of people get that 100% wrong and, and, and do the opposite thing. And then they create problems. So if you're listening, first of all, Steve Krause just said I was right. I was just, I was just going to uh, say, she is going to use that. I'm no. going to have to take it out as a soundbite and use it forever. <laughs> no, but uh, you, you explained it exactly the way I would explain it. So if you guys are, you know, you have a horse with really low heels, do not let a farrier put a wedge pad on it because confirmationally that fetlock will drop and put more stress on the suspensory ligaments and more stress on the bottom of that heel. So just keep that in mind because I've heard so many people say, just put, you got to put a wedge pad on it. No, don't do that. Um, and I'm going to end with Steve Krause telling me that I was right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve, it's always so awesome having you on because you explain things in a way that we can all understand. And I really appreciate your time. Where can people, if they want to contact you, uh, find you, or where can people find out more about Cornell University Farrier Program? Well, we have a Facebook page, Cornell Farrier Program on Facebook, easy to find. Um, they can contact me, uh, email is sek78 at cornell.edu. Um, and they can uh, go on the Cornell Veterinary College's website and search for Farrier. And you can find all kinds of stuff about us. So um, we have a great program here and we train a lot of farriers and some of which are working down in Wellington this winter. So, um, you know, we, we're, we're quite busy here. 
We call those the lucky ones, Steve. <laughs> right, 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 right. Fantastic. Have okay. a great Take holiday. Me away to visit them. Have a great holiday. Do you have an older horse that's trying to age gracefully? Trust the future with your old friend to the number one equine vet recommended senior feed. Purina Equine Senior and Senior Active Horse Feeds are backed by unparalleled research to support the unique needs of horses as they age. Both patented feeds include active age prebiotic technology to support immune function, mobility, and appropriate metabolic response in aging horses. Plus, now with the Outlast supplement built in, they also support your horse's gastric health and comfort. Purina Animal Nutrition, they're years ahead in senior research, so you can have more good years with your horse. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. That's horseinnovation.com. And now it's time for Teenage Social Media Drama. It's been a while since we've done this segment. I just got to throw in there. It's been a while because I never get, to, I, I can't find teenage social media drama. I don't have a barn full of lessened teenagers anymore. So I need your help if you want me to read teenage social media drama because many of you probably talk to more teens than I do. Okay. Hit it again. I need the bumper again because I need the, and I need you to leave the music running. All right. Here we go. Okay. Diva. And now it's time for Teenage Social Media Drama. Hello. I am looking for a horse for free. I have, like, never owned my own horse, but I have, like, taken care of horses and rode them and have plenty of experience to, like, know how to control them. I know a free horse is a lot to ask for, but I am in school to like become a vet and I've been trying to get my own horse for like a while now. So like I would need you to bring the horse to me because I do not have a trailer. Of course I have. I have faith that I can like find the horse that was made for me. So like, if you have any options, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) This is a legitimate thing that was posted on the internet and it was sent to me by one uh, auditor and then other auditors were like, Oh my God, I totally saw that. She's getting roasted. I imagine the comments were quite interesting on that one. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be fun to be a member of that group? <laughs> you guys, when you send these to Jamie, insert a bunch of the comments because that's just going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see some of the comments, <laughs> but that was fantastic. I would like to thank Kayla for posting that. And then like a lot of people like Sarah, they, they were like, we saw that too. I knew it would be in here. <laughs> but like, she's going to be a vet. I'm, yeah. how old what are you? you? I'm 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's in preschool for vet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Junior high is what... Uh, Preschool for vet is. <laughs> so good. So good. Hey, tomorrow is the Stable Scoop Roundtable. And uh, we do that in conjunction with American Horse Publications. And we have uh, three guests tomorrow. Uh, AHP member, the original e- e- Equinista, L.A. And this name, L.A., I always screw up your name. It's Sokolowski. 
So L.A. is going to be on with us, and she is the original Equinista. She's been on the show before. HP member, president of the American Horse Council, Julie Broadway. Yes, we have the big boss on with us tomorrow. And also one of our terrific auditors, Elizabeth Fry, who is going to be joining us as well. The topics tomorrow for the roundtable is our bitless equipment and competition. Should it be allowed? Or maybe that question should be, why isn't it allowed? <laughs> uh, ga- gambling on Grand Prix show jumping, what are the odds? Yes, that is becoming a thing. And resources for horses. So all of those topics. You had me at gambling on horses. So <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> that's coming too. So we're going to be discussing all of those things on the roundtable tomorrow night. Go to Stable Scoop's Facebook page at 7.30, and we will be doing a Facebook Live with it. It will also be put out on the Stable scoop feed the day after so you can look for it there too if you can't watch the video but it is that time that time of the week when we do some weird news and we do it if i can find the button (laughs) i love how you're some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in jamie's weird news i gotta tell you this time it's not my weird news I had nothing to do with it. I would like to thank Rachel, Laureen, and Glenn, Casey, Sarah, Abby, and Carrie, all for emailing me weird news stories, jamie at horseradionetwork.com, weird news as the subject line, and send me your weird news. If you are reading your news and you're like, oh my God, that's like a totally weird story, send it to me because I'm going to give you five tip-top examples of weird news in today's segment. Uh, guess where we're going to start first, Glenn? Uh, Florida. Yay! Florida! <laughs> we're going to start in Brevard County, Florida. That's right. <laughs> okay. I wish that you could see this mugshot. Now, I think you sent me this one. I don't I usually tell people who sent which thing, yeah. but if, if it, you want to know all... when I read news now, the first thing I think of is this Jamie worthy or not. And I'm sure that's why you get so many because <laughs> you've trained everybody else to think that too. Well, let's see when you see the title of this article, of course you had to send it to me. And the title of the article is sword wielding man accused of starting fire makes it rain in jail cell after arrest. Police say <laughs> that is the whole title of the article. Okay. First of all, this might be one of the better mug shots I've ever seen in my entire life. And if you want to find this Google sword wielding man, man accused of starting fire makes it rain in jail cell after arrest. Police say, and uh, it's on click. Orlando.com um, and Brevard County, Florida, Titusville officers found a man 37 sitting in his front yard, holding a sword, chugging a bottle of rum upon responding to an active fire. Now here's a, there's many things in this story that really affected me. Okay. Number one, it's two o'clock in the morning and this guy's sitting on his lawn with a sword chugging Captain Morgan, they go on to say, to get very specific, where police saw flames four feet high stretching from the suspect's home to the middle of the road. Okay, four feet high flames. Guess what? They got the fire out. The damage was about 500 bucks. What? What kind of crap do you have? It's like <laughs> not four foot high flames stretching 25 feet only does $500 worth of damage. Okay, well, let's go. Let's continue on. Brevard County Jail. They arrest him. They charge him with intentional or reckless burning of lands. And then 
they leave. They're like, you're under arrest. Boom. Put him in the jail cell. Actually, I think he's in like that little room with like the glass mirror thing, you know, was like one sided. So he's sitting at the table and he looks up and he's like, wow, there's a fire sprinkler in here. So what does he do? He climbs up on the table. Drunk guy, Captain Morgan already started fire, got arrested, breaks the fire sprinkler and causes the booking cell and room to completely flood. Okay, so uh, at this point, we've done $500 worth of fire damage, and now he's flooded an entire room. Officer said the incident resulted in $1,000 worth of damage. I just want a freaking hot tub. <laughs> Why is this crap? It was too so expensive. Cheap? <laughs> okay. Uh, it does say the police previously oh, responded to the same location around five times over the last six months in re- reference to illegal fires started by the suspect. So this guy is a fire guy. If you live near him, you should move. His name is Scott Taylor. <laughs> there we go. I already played it. You can do the next one. Sorry. Oh, didn't know you were done. Uh, this one is uh, another one where you just have to read the title and you get the whole story. California man. We're going to go from Florida to Cali. California man sues psychic who said she could remove a witch's curse from his ex-wife. He's asking for $25,000 in damages. That's right. A California man, he found a um, website that billed this. Her name is Psychic Sophia Adams. And her website says she is a PH period, capital D, life coach and psychic love coach. So he, because of these. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't get past psychic love coach. (laughs) Because he saw that it said PhD life coach and psychic love coach. This quote made the plaintiff more confident that he was speaking with a professional that could help him. The lawsuit filed on Friday (laughs) says that's right. Adams gave him a tarot reading when he visited her office and told him that he had bad luck that was put there by his ex-girlfriend and she had hired a curse-casting witch. So he was going (laughs) to be unhappy and in danger unless he paid her right then $5,100. Whoa. Okay. Let me just tell you, if somebody says I can remove the curse for $5,000, you'll feel so much better if you take me $5,000. She had already been to the hot tub store. She had been there already. (laughs) Guess what? She's going to buy that hot tub before you. (laughs) She, if she is half as good at her job as I think she is, she, she probably has a couple hot tubs. I mean, <laughs> but she might have to sell some because he's suing her for $25,000 because he uh, suffered anxiety and sleepless nights and he wants his money back. <laughs> I don't know who I'm giving this to. Man, you are one pathetic loser. I think everybody. <laughs> that whole story is gets that. Uh, here's the end of it. The lawsuit also names Adam's businesses. <laughs> Adam's is business psychic love specialist by Sophia. That's her business name. (laughs) Psychic love specialist by Sophia, her husband and her daughter and her landlords. He's doing, he's named all of them in the lawsuit, (laughs) arguing that all of them knew she was using her advantage to take her position to take advantage of clients. They did nothing to stop her. How about idiots? Don't give her money. Anyway, how about you hired a love, uh, a a psychic love guru? I mean, let's just, (laughs) There's so much wrong with this. Start there. Okay, again, all you have to do is read the title. <laughs> this one, let's 
see. We're going to go, I believe, over to England. That's right. We've gone from Florida to California, and now we're going to go to England. And I'm just going to read the title because, really, it says it all. Sussex, England. Police find pool of sharks swimming around a Christmas tree in a ground floor flat. What? That's right. Police were called because of a disturbance in Sussex and they break into the door of this ground floor apartment. And yes, there is an eight foot aquarium in the living room and it's a giant pool with a Christmas tree in the middle. And there's like a bunch of sharks swimming circles around the the tree. Why you ask? Nobody knows, uh, but the police have uh, the police will be speaking to the housing association to see if the tenancy agreement allows these tenants. That's <laughs> like, all you need. Just you know, is that random- legal? Like, did we talk about legality of that? What's what's really odd is the specific details of the police reporting this. Uh, here is one of the officers on Twitter wrote, just when you think you've heard it all, our team attended a premises over the weekend only to discover an eight-foot swimming pool in the front room. And in the swimming pool <laughs> were sharks swimming around an artificial Christmas tree. Do we know why the sharks were in the pool? No. There is <laughs> no more information. They said that, uh, you know. Did you bring one home from Key West with you, by the way, Shark? Those are your swimming pool. Big, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before you go on to the next story, I couldn't let it alone. So I looked up psychic love readings, which I took one for the team because do you know what my ads are going to be now oh, on Facebook? Trouble <laughs> <laughs> so I found the list of the 10 best love psychics. I'm not kidding. Um, so you want to hear a couple of the names of the love psychics? Um, that you I'm, can... I'm getting my pen out. <laughs> California Psychics, which might be this lady. So it has 44,000 reviews and five stars. Now, whether they're real or not, I kind of have my doubt. Now, the California Love Psychics, this is their ad. 80% off. You get 80% off. Uh, and they're the most trusted readings available by phone in the country. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Now, number two is Keen Psychics, K-E-E-N. You get 10 minutes for only $1.99. So they're a little cheaper than this lady. Uh, 100% anonymous and confidential. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Do you remember that old commercial where they'd be like, I'm accepting a collect call because you used to have to make collect calls. And they would have to say, have your name. And they would be like, okay, here is a uh, collect call. Will you accept it from? We out of baby eats a boy. (laughs) Here's one, Purple Garden, 91.5% prediction accuracy rated by real users. And they have over 900 vetted psychics. There's a lot of psychics in the world I didn't know about. Um, Here's another one. Let me give this one because it's cheaper. It's psychic source, only 66 cents a minute. Now, do you think they're 900 numbers? Do do they still have 900 numbers? Do they have 900? I don't know. I'm not Uh, looking that one up. (laughs) I'm not looking that one up. I'm going to go to the next story now. This okay. is TMI. Okay, good. Well, there you go. If you need There's your love psychic, in the world. there's a lot of love psychics. Police in Western Australia. We're going all around the world today, people. We've gone from 
California, Florida to California and then to England and now to Australia because a concerned passerby was walking outside a house in suburban person. They're walking down the, the street. Now, this is terrifying. They heard a toddler screaming and a man repeatedly shouting, why don't you die? Why don't you die? That's right. And there was a child screaming. Well, they called triple zero, which is their nine one one, and uh, they are officers swarmed the building, and they found a man trying to kill a spider. <laughs> <laughs> the toddler inside was screaming. Caller doesn't know them, but he's seen them a few times. Uh, Twenty minutes later, police spoke with all parties who advised that the husband had only been trying to kill a spider and has a serious fear of spiders and apologized for the inconvenience to police. No injuries were cited except for the spider. <laughs> now, I think you might have heard Jennifer saying that. She hates spiders, too. There's a time or two I've heard her screaming like that. <laughs> Last story. One more? Okay. <laughs> And if we go all the way around the world, where do we have to finish up? Uh, Oklahoma. No. Keep guessing. Florida. Mm. You got Mm. it. Nice try. Mm. (laughs) Well, we're going to head to Madison County, Florida. Where's Madison County? I have no idea. All right. Well, you're in charge of figuring that out. Uh, Madison County, Florida. And again, it's one of those those titles that I could read, but I think it's just too good of a story just to throw it all out there. So there's a man. His name is Edward William Rodriguez. He enters a Waffle House and he is described by witnesses as a white man wearing a gray hoodie, dark jeans, dark hat, and dark hair. He is reportedly accompanied by a small dog. (laughs) Apparently, he walks in to the Waffle House and he begins shouting, Get on the ground! Y'all are being robbed, according to the report. And then he stated, I am super high and very drunk. (laughs) So everybody's like, gets on the ground. He walks up to the counter. He pulls out his finger, which is juicing as a gun. (laughs) He pulls out his finger. I'm high. I'm drunk. You're all getting robbed. And he reached on the counter, Glenn. And he grabbed a stack of napkins, walked out. <laughs> he was high. <laughs> the suspect, quote, said MCSO, did not appear to have a weapon, but did raise his hand with fingers in the shape of a gun. And he was taken to Madison County Jail on charges of unarmed robbery and assault. He was placed under arrest for that incident, and no one was hurt in the incident. But he did, you know, steal a pile of Waffle House napkins. So <laughs> what did you get? What are you in for, man? Uh, beat up, you know, somebody I've armed, robbed a bank. What'd you do? Stole napkins from Waffle House. <laughs> <It's> high. <laughs> if you're going to go to jail, that I want. Yeah, you want it to be something that sounds a what little What are you in for? That. I beat up my girlfriend. She yeah. was sleeping with some guy. Oh, good for you. I did this. I did this. I stole napkins from Waffles when I was high. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get any street cred there. You might no. want to make something up. Um. So remember, if you see a news story that, y'all, by the way, one of the better batches 
I mean, for real, like there was, and there's so many I didn't even get to, but I would like to thank everybody. Uh, send, if you see a news story that you think is weird, send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And appropriately, that county, Madison County, is right up by the Georgia border. So that's <laughs> appropriate. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew it had to be somewhere in the midst because there's a map. It's in Georgia, and I believe there's seven Waffle Houses in Madison. Georgia, <laughs> Isn't so. there several Waffle, Waffle Houses in every town in Georgia? Yeah, probably. If we're being honest. <laughs> if we're being honest. Y'all have a Huddle Houses down in Florida. Yeah, that's right. We have a Waffle House here in town, though. I can honestly say I have not been there in a very long time. Didn't yeah, you don't need to. No, because I, I, mean, I haven't been up till was, two in the morning drunk in a very long time. I was going to say, when I was <laughs> drunk and younger, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I was drunk in high school, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Not that that ever happened. Well, tomorrow we have the fox hunting episode. Friday is really bad ads day, so get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Get them in today to her so that we can make sure your ads get put in. I am announcing on Friday a whole new batch of really good prizes for this month, too. So the next batch is in. We're going to tell you all about that on Friday's show. Thank you, everybody. Uh, auditors, I think you're going to want to hold on for the post show. It sounds interesting today. It's so not, it's not good. Oh. Spade, neuter, gout, everybody. Spade, neuter, gout, everybody.